Hey, it is a, a real privilege to, to be here uh, with you this morning. Um, I have, uh, I was thinking about it over the last few days in terms of connections to, to Hukunui. Um, uh, of course, uh, you probably know, I'm sure you know, my grandmother, Kath Badger, is sitting there with, uh, with my family there uh, this morning. So Kath has obviously been here for, for some time. Uh, my parents, actually, I, I just, just twigged to me this a little while ago, my parents got married here uh, back in 1977, I believe that was. Um, so, so yeah, so, and it's, uh, it's just wonderful to, to be here and to be able to be with you and open God's Word as you uh, travel through the book of Luke, uh, a fantastic book. Um, and, it's, uh, and so a big thanks to, to Gary just for the invitation, really appreciate it. Uh, through Gary's time uh, since being up here in Hamilton. I've been able to catch up with Gary a few times along the way. have always enjoyed that and has always been a, a, really, a really good connection there. So, hey, so we're um, walking through the book of Luke, obviously. This week we're up to Luke chapter 8. <clears throat> and, uh, and we're going to have a look at um, uh, a specific uh, section of that. <clears throat> but first of all, uh, who here remembers Charlie Brown? Remember Charlie Brown? Hopefully, many of us uh, remember Charlie Brown. Do you remember that scene from Charlie Brown? Um, <clears throat> uh, is, is that Peppermint Patty in the front? It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that they're in the classroom, and uh, the teacher is just going on at the front. And remember the the scene with the in the classroom. The teacher was always her voice was always wah 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 wah. And and Charlie Brown tried to stay awake. Peppermint Patty pretty much usually failed. And uh, and I think as as we uh, as we think about the our our history within uh, sitting in church buildings and listening to preachers, sometimes and I've got to admit it my, myself, sometimes we can kind of, can kind of fade into wah 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 wah, and uh, and I pray that this morning won't be that. I've I've got a bit of a cold, um, and so I pray I hope my voice won't uh, start droning. Um, but I, I think the, the words of Luke 8, and particularly the parable that we are going to have a look at, uh, will hopefully kind of set a fire and, and light a rocket under you and, 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 and enthuse you and, uh, and press you onward to listen to the Word of God, to really, truly hear the Word of God. Luke is a wonderful book to be walking through. There's so much stuff that uh, can uh, come out of that. And, and, I, and I, I hope and I pray that this parable today uh, will make some of us uncomfortable, okay? Not because I like making people uncomfortable. Um, if I wanted to do that, I might start dancing up here. That would uh, make you very, very uncomfortable. I can see my kids just looking at me thinking, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> they make it up already feeling uncomfortable. But it's because of the Word of God should. It should encourage us. It should enthuse us. It should, it should spur us on, but it should also challenge us, and it should convict us, and sometimes it should make us uncomfortable. So I pray that it does just that. And in fact, can, can we just take a, a moment right now and, and pray before we open God's Word? Father, we want to say thank you for just being able to gather together like this. It is a great privilege. We're able to do it in, in safety and in comfort. And Lord, I, I pray though that as we meet in safety and in comfort, that we would not just take your word for granted. We wouldn't take this opportunity for granted. That, uh, that you would truly just open our ears to hear. 
and that we would make a habit of hearing your word and, and as James said, just not letting it fall aside, but that we would actively do something because of hearing your word. And so we just ask that this morning, uh, as, as we look at uh, the text in, in Luke chapter 8 and the parable that's there, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would, um, that our hearts would be open, that our hearts would be good soil, that our hearts would, would uh, just truly be receptive to what you would have your word say to us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, guard my mouth uh, from error and that you would uh, just work through the words that I am saying. Lord, I pray that they would be your words, not mine. And so we ask all these things in the mighty and wonderful and perfect name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so uh, I know some of you guys out there are kind of type A type people and like to know what's happening and where we're going, so here's what we're going to do, what I'm going to try and do this morning. We're going through Luke, we're up to chapter 8. Now, you've probably, if you've been here for the last little while, you probably realise that Luke, and if you've been reading through Luke, Luke has got really big chapters, yeah? Uh, Luke has got huge chapters, and in fact, in terms of volume, word for word, if you put Luke and Acts together, Luke has written more of the New Testament than the Apostle Paul. Okay, so Luke is a, a big, chunky book, uh, and so we're looking at, uh, at chapter 8, and there's lots and lots of cool things that happen in chapter 8. There is uh, Jesus calms a storm in chapter 8. Jesus, uh, he casts out a demon in chapter 8. He heals a woman in chapter 8, and then just to top it all off, he raises someone from the dead in chapter 8. Some really, really cool things. But there's also something that happens before that. He tells a story about something really, really mundane. He tells a story about sowing seed, something that we've all probably done. I'm pretty sure that none of you guys uh, here have uh, uh, tried to, well, you might have tried to, but I'm pretty sure none of you have commanded a storm to stop, and it stopped. In my younger and dumber days, I I did try this, I must admit, and uh, guess what? It did not stop. Um, I'm pretty sure, well, I don't know, but uh, possibly not many here or none of you here have tried to cast out a demon. Uh, possibly no one has miraculously healed anyone from a, uh, from a long-term illness. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, I, I almost bet the farm on the fact that no one here has raised someone from the dead. But... Probably many of you have sown seed, whether those are flower seeds, whether that's grass seed on your, on your lawn in a, in a part that's been ripped up, or who knows. It's, it's a very, very common thing. And so we're going to look at something to say that is uh, really, really common. Here's where uh, this sits in the book of, of Luke. Chapters 1 and 2 are talking about uh, Jesus' early years. Chapters 3 and, and, and halfway through 4 is uh, Jesus' preparation for ministry, John the Baptist uh, coming along, and then Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And here we are, chapter 8 sits right in his ministry in Galilee. Okay, So this is where we're at. Jesus is ministering around the, the area in Galilee. Then it's, I say chapter 10 there, but it's actually 9 verse 51, I think it is. Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem and they have a big, uh, long section in Luke as he is making his way to Jerusalem, the climax of the book of Luke, which is then in uh, halfway through chapter 19, which focuses on the final week for the rest of the book. So that's where it sits in the book of Luke. So let's have a quick look at the text that we're going to have a look at uh, today. Chapter 8, if you've got your Bibles, please uh, do open them and we'll have a look at Luke chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 4 and go down to verse 18. 
And I know that if you're looking in your Bible, that's probably uh, you're probably thinking, well, that's just a couple of verses too far, given the headings that you've probably got in uh, in your Bible. But uh, hopefully, that will make sense as we as we go along. So let's read. I'm reading from the ESV uh, this morning, but uh, following along in whatever you have in front of you. Luke chapter eight, verse four. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up. And thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him here. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that, and this is a little bit strange, seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand, so that those who may enter may see, so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. So a little bit of quickly, quick interaction here, okay, if we can, if that's okay. All right. <clears throat> who are the various uh, parties or elements in the in, um this parable. Okay, well, let's start with hopefully what is uh, what is uh, easy, and Jesus has explained this already in the in the text. Uh, the seed. Okay, what or who is the seed that's being sown? Anyone? The word of God. Absolutely. Cool. Great. So the seed is the word of God. Who are who is the soil? And and, and let's just think about us this morning, right now, and right here. Who is the the the, the soil? That, who is that sort of relating to in our situation right here? Everyone here, yeah, us, cool, great. And uh, right now, who is uh, right? Just right now, in this very, very moment, who who would be the sower? Okay, in the parable, Christ is the sower. Okay, and right now, at the at this very moment, the person that is doing some sowing uh, is is me. Okay, I am I am doing some sowing of the seed of Word of God. I pray I'm doing that faithfully. Uh, but that's what that's what my job is right here in, in this particular moment, in this particular context. Okay, so that's that's good. 
So, and we are going to, uh, and we're going to have a look at this parable from two perspectives. One from the perspective of, of us being the soil, okay, because we're all the soil and it's our responsibility to be the soil. But also we're going to have a look at the, at, from a second perspective uh, at, right at the end uh, as, from, as being the, the perspective of us being the sower, because we are also all called to be the sower, Sowing this, the word of God and uh, and spreading the gospel uh, out into the out to the nations. So that's how that's really what we're going to have a look at. But first of all, us as the uh, us as the soil, and we've really got to um, first of all take a uh, take a look at this parable and realize that this parable is about hearing. We are responsible to hear. This parable is about hearing. If, uh, hopefully you heard my emphasis as I, as I was going along in verse 8 and verse 12 and verse 13, 14, 15 and 18. This parable is about hearing. We must pay attention to the way in which we hear. We must pay attention to how we hear the word of God. <clears throat> and as we go through the book of Luke, I guess... Uh, I guess it's a, it's a good question to ask right at the moment where, what are we, a third of the way through the book of Luke. How much have you been getting from the series in, uh, in the book of Luke so far? How much have you been drawing from it? How much has impacted your heart? How much has, has changed you? Because if you don't get much out of Sunday sermons, guess whose issue that realistically is? If you don't get much out of, of the preaching of the Word of God, Guess whose issue that primarily is? Now, now I want to make a just back back a little bit of a, a step there, uh, because while I'm, I, I want to make the point that the the issue is with the hearer, I do want to make a, uh, that does presuppose the fact that you are being fed good stuff. Okay, it does presuppose the fact that you are being fed the word of God, um, and and I pray that is in in, in most of our churches uh, around the place. But if, if it is the word of God that is being fed to you, then it is our responsibility and the onus is on us to hear and to, and to take that in. I also want to make, make the, the point, though, that if it's just man's ideas that are being uh, sent out from a, a pulpit such as this, then it's probably not, don't bother, don't bother listening to it. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not really worth it. Uh, you, we all need to be good Bereans of, of, the, of Acts 17 and ensure that the things that are being said align with Scripture. And if they don't, uh, I would encourage you to lovingly, carefully, and respectfully uh, make your concerns known to your elders because it's their job to ensure that you are protected from unsound doctrine. Uh, and and, then, and this, is, this, is a, this is obviously a, something critical, something that, uh, that is becoming uh, a common and, and rife through many, uh, many of our, our churches throughout the nation, and it is a, it's a real, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's with real sadness. There's a, there's a story that, that goes of an English uh, the church in an English village, and uh, the church was founded uh, fairly, uh, squarely, absolutely on the foundation of the Word of God, and they, and they preached faithfully, they preached Christ and Him crucified. And in fact, uh, and there was an archway that went across uh, the as the entrance way to the uh, to the courtyard or the or the uh, premises of the church. And as you, before you went into the into the church building door, there was an archway, and it said on that archway, "We preach Christ crucified," which is fantastic. Great, a great little just four words just to 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 symbolise this is what happens here. And they did, and they preached cru- Christ crucified. But then the years rolled on. 
the years rolled on and uh, and, 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 a, and a newer generation uh, kind of came into the, the church and things just shifted a little bit. And it was interesting, there was ivy that started to creep up this archway and it covered the fourth word. And the archway now just read, no, no one did anything about it, and the archway just read, we preach Christ. And they did, and they preached about Christ. And they preached about what a great example Christ is, which he is. And they preached about how good Christ, uh, Christ uh, is and was and how we should follow Christ and how we should be a good example out there in the community, which is all good things. But they missed the, that he was, missed the fact that Christ was crucified. And then another generation, kind of the years rolled on, and the ivy crept up a little bit more. And, and a newer generation was, was in the church, and, uh, and, the, and the ivy crept up, and then now just read, it covered the last two words, and it now just said, we preach. And they did. And they preached all sorts of human philosophy. They preached to this, they preached to that, they pre- preached this philosopher, they preached that philosopher. And so, uh, so I say that, just as a bit, sorry, it's a little bit of a side point off to the side here, but, but it does presuppose that what is being fed to you is the Word of God and Christ and Him crucified. Okay, so we so we want to we want to, uh, to 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 be ensuring that that is what we are uh, teaching, and I pray that uh, what what we're, what we're saying this morning uh, uh, really is God's word, uh, showing you who Christ is and preaching Christ and Him crucified. All right, but I want to ask you the question then: Are you sitting here? And when we look at this parable, are you, we have to take stock. Are you sitting here week after week and getting nothing from it? If there is sound doctrine being preached, and there is sound preaching, and, and we are preaching Christ and Him crucified, and you're sitting here week after week and not really getting anything out of it, what is going on? Because you're responsible to hear Jesus is saying here. We, uh, and, and, and there's many, many reasons for that. One of the key reasons, though, in our uh, life uh, situation here in a Western context is this idea of busyness, the the, uh, the 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 thorns and the and the the distractions of life really really get us uh, get us in a tangle and mean that we we get to a church service oftentimes on a Sunday morning to hear the word of God whether that's whether it is Sunday morning or whether we uh, whether we are studying uh, through the week hopefully you are and the distractions of life mean that we are rushing from place to place and just getting there on time and we sit there oftentimes I remember I've got three kids and, and uh, they're just getting out of that stage now but certainly we had some years there where we were rushed to church and it was just we, everything we could to try and get to the to the uh, into those pews at by 10 o'clock and we're just, ah, all right let's just rest for a couple of a couple of minutes here I, I get that okay this is life life is distracting but we are responsible to hear you know it was just it was just yesterday uh, it was a, it was another busy day. Uh, it was just another busy day of the, of the work week. I was on the phone. I can't remember to who. We were getting ready to to go out, and, and I was putting my socks on. And so I'm on the phone. I'm wandering around the house, also trying to find something else. And I, and I remember putting put my socks on, and then uh, and I got off the phone, and I and I realised I've, I've lost a sock. One of my one of my socks doesn't ha- one of my feet doesn't have a sock on it. Where's where's my other sock gone? And I thought. Okay, I went into that room and that room while I was on the phone. Let's go have a look, see where this where the sock is. I could not find the sock anywhere. Okay, and so I thought, okay, oh, that's all right. I'll just go get a spare sock because you know our washing machine eats socks just like your washing machine, I'm sure does. And so there's some spare socks sitting there. I threw a, threw a sock on and and we're away. Seven hours later in that day, I was sitting at my desk and thinking, my right foot really feels really warm. And I looked down and 
Sure enough, while I was on the phone, busy running around, I would put one sock on my right foot, and then I'd go on and put the other sock on my right foot, got off the phone and wondered why my left foot was, was bare and had nothing. The busyness of life distracts us from even the most basic things, even the most basic things such as reading the Word of God, absorbing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, and letting the Word of God sink in to our lives. We live a life of distraction. It's one of the devil's greatest ploys in the modern Christian's life, just to crowd out Christ. And this parable is exactly about that. As you think through the, the, the seeds here, so let's, let's have a quick look through again, uh, verses, uh, from verse 4 through to verse 8. And just think, well, what are these, which are these seeds? And what, what, how, is, how does your life on a Sunday morning work out? as you come to just just take this time out to hear the word of God. From verse 5, perhaps, a sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. I pray that that's none of us here. And some fell upon the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. I think that's a really common, a very, very common experience for, for many. Although some fell among the good soil, and it grew and it yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. So you are responsible for what you hear. I'm going to talk a little bit applicationally about what that, how that might look like in a little bit. But we also have to ask, what are you doing with what you hear? What are you doing with what you hear? You see, God's word in this, in this parable, the, the God's word very clearly divides. It divides those, we, we can see in the parable, those who, who God's word, it falls on their, on their hearts and they do absolutely nothing with it and they fall away. Okay? And, and, uh, and, and explicitly says that some of them will, just, will not be saved. But it also divides others uh, across and, and those who will be saved. Uh, we know that the, the gospel, uh, we as, uh, as heralds of the gospel, as preachers of the gospel, those, those who go out to the, to the community and share the gospel with those uh, that, that are unsaved, we know that we are the aroma of life to some and the aroma of death to others. The gospel is a stumbling block. Okay, God's word divides. Um, it's uh, as you know um, if you've been watching the news, the it is seeming like seeming like it's uh, getting closer and closer to the reality of the fact that uh, Donald Trump might uh, become president of the United States. It means it's well as as I think through that it means uh, I, I figure it means that the possibility of uh, of perhaps some sort of major world event and another world war or the likes becomes a closer and closer possibility. It also means that it's not without the massive uh, realm of possibility that uh, the Western civilization, as we know it, could come to an end. I'm pushing things a little bit. Okay, I know. But I was thinking about that the other day and thinking, well, that, that being the case, I should probably go and get, teach my sons how to hunt something and shoot it and kill it and cook it for themselves. So they, you know, because who knows what could be around the corner in a, in a decade or two. So we, uh, so we did that. We went out and we shot a peafowl uh, yesterday and we brought it home and we went through the whole pro process of plucking and, uh, and then we went through that terrible, horrible process of extracting the, 
yucky stuff out of the middle of the bird um, and, and leaving the, the rest of the bird, which was good. Okay, and uh, and it's good, and it's helpful, and it's got meat on there, and it will uh, will feed a family for for at least a meal, uh, which is great. The word of God does exactly that. The word of God, and we know that the word of God is the uh, it separates the wheat from the chaff. It separates the, the the good portion from that that is going to be cast aside, ultimately. This parable is making it very very clear that there are some who won't receive the word of God. They are the ones who are going to be blown away and the, at the end of the time as we, and when God separates the wheat from the chaff. They're the ones that are going to be the, the, the part that is going to be cast aside because it is of no use. There are some that won't receive. And uh, sorry, I had a button that made it, made it go. And note that note the uh, chapter 8 verse 10 actually explicitly says, let's have a quick look at that verse. He said when the, when the disciples asked, what's the, what's the idea? Why are you telling these parables? When we think of that idea, why, why would Jesus teach in parables? So that it becomes really clear, yeah? But Jesus says in the text here, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And that, that, that strikes us. That, that we think, but hold on, why, why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say that? What's, what's going on here? Well, there's a couple of things that are going on here. One, the word of God divides. Okay? The word of God divides. It, it is equally and it is, and it is made manifest to everyone and everyone is given the opportunity to respond to the word of God, to respond to the gospel. But we know that some will and some won't. The, God, the Word of God divides. It is our job as a, as a Bible-believing church to preach the Word of God and let God's Word do its work. We don't have to, we don't have to kind of help it along. We don't have to try and uh, dress it up. We don't have to tr- try and do anything else. We just, it's like a lion in a cage. Just open the door. The lion will figure out how to do its work. The Word of God divides. We also uh, need to know there that, uh, that Jesus is, is, is saying that uh, these parables, they were there because, that, because Jesus did not want the message completely exposed just yet. We come time again that when, uh, when Jesus says to his disciples or to someone that he heals, just don't go and tell anyone about this. And we kind of think, what? What? why? But he says, don't go and do this yet. When, the, when he's uh, transfigured on, on, the, on the mountain, and he comes down, and, and Peter and James and John, they're already, wow, this, they've just seen Jesus in all his glory. And Jesus said, no, don't tell anyone about this until I have been resurrected. It was Jesus' prerogative to hide his message just for a little while until he was resurrected. Once he was resurrected, the, 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 uh, the command changed, go everywhere and tell everyone about that. So here's where our what would Jesus do kind of, uh, kind of idea just, just fall, fails us just a little bit um, because Jesus was prepared to tell some and not others. Our job is to tell everyone. And it's God's words, it's God's, the job of God's word then to divide who is going, who, who is going to respond, who is, who's that, is going to have an open heart to let that fall in and who will not. All right, so God's word uh, divides there. But you know what the frightening thing about this verse is? And in fact, the frightening thing about the whole of this parable is that many 
of the people that this parable is talking about in those first three soils might be sitting in the pews beside us. And I'm not just talking just here in, in Hukunui, but in many of, of our churches uh, around the nation. Many of the people that this verse and the whole parable is talking about, many of them could be sitting in the pews beside us. I'm going to turn just now for, to uh, Matthew chapter 7. I'm just going to spend just a couple of minutes here because I think this text is a, is a text that, uh, that kind of slots into this parable and really drives the point home. It really helps us understand this idea of, of, uh, of God's word dividing. <clears throat> I'm just going to read Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 21 through to 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. But then, I'm oh, sorry, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, he'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. For, uh, for pastors and elders, I think this passage here is the most frightening and terrifying passage in the Bible. Because... In verses 22 and 23, it says, on that day, many. It doesn't say on that day, a couple, or a few, or even some. It says on that day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. And Jesus is going to turn around and just say, I never knew you. Depart from me. There are going to be lots who, this, this, this passage is saying there's lots who thought they were Christians, but they're going to find out on the last day that they weren't. I, I can't imagine what it might be like to stand before the throne of God and have Jesus, who, uh, who, is, who Revelation tells us has been given the authority, to the, that final authority to judge, and he'll say, but I never knew you. I, I can't imagine the, the terror of the, uh, to hear those sorts of words. So I guess uh, if it's not your habit to actively listen to the Word of God preach, I could just implore you just for a moment, just for a minute, for the next couple of minutes, could you please listen? Because there are going to be many. There are going to be many of people who perhaps sat in our church buildings every Sunday for decades. That maybe they played in the band. Maybe they helped out in ministries, the kids' ministries. Maybe they taught at a, at a home group or even taught from a lectern such as this. But they did not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we know that the only way to the Father is through the Son. Check out these verses in, in, in Matthew 7. 24 through, uh, 24 through to 27 specifically. Let's just have a quick look. We probably know this, this part of the, of the story. 
uh, verses 24 through to 27 about the wise man who builds his house on the rock and the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. You know what's striking about that story? What's striking about those two scenarios is the fact that apparently they both built successful houses. or they, they successfully built their houses. One was on the sand, one was on the rock. They both looked very, very similar. The life of the true Christian and the life of the one who just looks outwardly like a Christian, they can, they can look very similar. But one results in persevering to the end, and one ends up with Jesus saying, Away from me, I never knew you. So if, you, if, that is, if that is you, if you're thinking, you know what, I've been sitting here, maybe it's just for a little while, maybe it's for a really long while. If that's you and you're thinking, I wonder if this parable of the soils is really speaking to me. I wonder if this passage in Matthew chapter 7 is, is about me. Well, then I, I, would, I just encourage you to do something. Have a look at the book at the book of First John. Okay, we're not going to have a good look at it tonight, today, but go away and have a look at the book of First John, because because First John, uh, he, sorry, John specifically tells us why he wrote the book. He wrote it so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's First John five thirteen. So that you may know, so that you've been absolutely sure. First John is also a very good book in the fact that it helps you to know if you are not a child of God and if you do not have eternal life. How do you know? Well, 1 John 3 verse 9 is a good clue. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So if you're continually repenting and turning away from sin, that's the mark of a believer, okay? We all sin. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. But if you are, if you are continually repenting and continually turning away from your sin, that's a mark of a believer. If you're continually chasing after Christ and by the power of the, Spirit, of the Holy Spirit that lives within you, if you are continually becoming more and more like Jesus, then that is a mark of a believer. When the Holy Spirit lives within you, he is a part of you. You can't habitually and continually sin. But if you have continual habitual sin in your life, if you're enjoying your sin too much and you just don't want to give it up, if you're so used to your sin in your life and it's just, it's just part of who you are and you don't care, then you need to read the book of 1 John. Read it over and over again because John is saying loud and clear that you might not be a Christian. It doesn't matter whether you've sat in a church, there's a wonderful church like this for decades. And remember that there will be many who thought they were, but will find out they're not. God's word divides. Think about how you hear. It is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to receive the word of God if it's preached faithfully and ensure that you respond to it. Okay, so it begs the question then, how should you hear? Like, How do we do that? So I'm going to quickly give a little bit of uh, application as we, as we <clears throat> round out here. And I said we would have a quick look at the perspective from the sower, so we'll spend a minute or two on that as well. All right. First of all, pray. How do we, how do we hear? How do we make sure that we, are, that we are hearing and that we're responding? We should pray. We should ask God for a heart that will hear and respond. We're told by God's word that uh, the sort of heart that is, the, that is that good soil is a gift from God to begin with. Uh, Ezekiel, 
In chapter 36, verse uh, 26, and I will give you a new heart. God will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, a heart that can absorb the word of God. Uh, Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. So pray, ask God for a heart. Psalm 40, verse 6, uh, is the psalmist asking God, uh, to, to give him an open ear. So ask God to give you an open ear as you hear the word of God. Second, purify your mind. Uh, James 1.21 says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. How, how, do, we, how do we expect God's word on a Sunday morning to come in and be cultivated in a heart that on Saturday night we're filled with the world's rubbish? How do we expect that to happen? How do we expect it to just week by week just fill up our heart with and our minds with the world's filth and rubbish and then expect the word of God then for our hearts to be good soil so that the word of God can be implanted in it and grow and grow and mature and, and, and grow fruit? If, if, if you've got a garden at home and you just continually pour Roundup in that garden, nothing is going to grow. If you've got a heart that you want to, to be orientated towards God and you just continually put rubbish in that's going to that's kill the word of God as it's implanted in your heart, purify your mind. Yeah, okay. Meditate on Scripture. Um, and, and just a very quick word about, the, about this. We live busy lives, and there is a portion of the fact that we are living in a Western uh, culture that we cannot get away from some form of busyness. I would encourage you just to carve out time in your schedule to, to, uh, to meet with God and be still and know that, that, that He is God. All right? <clears throat> but we do live in a, in a busy, busy world, world. We do live in a busy culture, and so we should meditate on Scripture. This is not an Eastern type of meditation. Okay, this is a biblical meditation. This is not emptying our minds. This is filling our minds, filling our minds with the Word of God. Just let that sit in your mind. So in the morning, just meditate on Scripture. Memorize something. Just think about it so that as you go through the business of your day, that is just sitting there always ready to inform your mind, always ready to continually uh, be at the front of your mind so that when you come to hear the Word of God, your heart is already and your mind is already prepared. Remember that if you do not have, if you have not prepared, if you do not have that heart that is ready to respond to the word of God, then even what you think you have will be taken away. So come ready. Come ready listen to, to listen. Come ready to hear. All right, we'll spend just a minute now on the, uh, the perspective of the sower. Because we won't be, this, this parable is about hearing. But there's also a, there's a, there's a, 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 a way in which we can turn this parable around and think, okay, our job is to hear, but our job also is to sow the seed. We are all sowers. It's a result of bearing, the, bearing fruit and uh, being good soil. In our, in our parable, there was two verses that felt like they really sat out and they did not belong in that parable. I don't know if you, if you caught them. Uh, in Luke chapter 8, it's verses 16 and 17. 
uh, that's really, it's really weird. Um, <clears throat> as we were looking through that parable, it was talking about soil. It was talking about seed and soil. And then suddenly Luke switches and he talks about a lamp. Did you catch that, that little switch in the, in, the, uh, in the parable? So 16 and 17, after, uh, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. This is the result of having a heart that is good soil. You will then go and, 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 and shine your light to all men. So you will become then the sower. You will be the one who is, who is shining your light that is sending out the word of God to the, uh, to the nations. We are all called to spread the seed of the gospel. Sowing the seed is not just the job of preachers. It's not just uh, the job of someone standing behind a pulpit like this. In fact, the job of those preachers, Ephesians 4 says, is to equip the saints so the saints can be ministers of the gospel. We, can, so it's, it's, we do this, we preach the word so that everyone can effectively sow the seed everywhere. This is our job. We have to sow the seed of the gospel. This is the mark of a Christian who's, who is bearing fruit, who's, whose soil, whose heart is bearing fruit. It is going to be sowing the seed of the gospel, to sow the seed of God's word in our families, to sow it in our schools, to sow it in our workplaces, to sow it throughout the nation, throughout the world, to the corners of the earth. When we arrive at hev in heaven on that last day, on that final day that we, sh we should be able to stand before God and say to him, um, look, Lord, an empty sack. All the seed that you gave me to spread, I have spread it. I have done the job you have asked me. I stand before you now with an empty sack, my job completed. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to be able to say on that final day? Let's pray. Our Father, we just want to say thank you for this, for this parable here. We want to say thank you for uh, the fact that it, is, that it is a challenge to us. It is encouraging and, and, it, uh, and it draws us closer to you, Lord. It draws us closer to your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we just want to say thank you for the fact that we can open your word and that we can learn from it. Lord, we, we pray that that we would not be hearers of your word only, but that we would hear and that we would do. We would hear and that we would ensure that our hearts are good soil. Father, I pray for any here who have been hearing the word of God for decades, but it has just been falling away. It's just been falling off them and they have been coming along, going through the motions, thinking that they were doing the right thing, but not knowing Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that those who might be uh, might fall into that category would would not sit here and let it fall let let the words of your word just just fall away again. But they would take action. That they would come to you. That they would repent from their sin. That they would accept you, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and as their Savior. And they would run after you for the rest of their lives. I want to say thank you, Lord, for for this text for the opportunity just to open it, the opportunity just to, to, to meditate on it, and we pray that it would change us. We pray that we would be good sowers as well and that we would spread that seed uh, all over this community 
and uh, we and we would just spread it and let it work, do its work. And we pray that you would produce many hearts who would respond to your word. And so, Father, we uh, thank you again for uh, for this morning, and we pray that you would just uh, allow us now to enjoy continuing to worship you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just as the team comes up, a final comment. If uh, if that if you identified with uh, one of those categories uh, this morning and you'd like to talk more about it, I know Gary would love to talk with you about that. I'll, I'll stick around for a bit afterwards as well. I'd love to have a chat. Any of your elders would, I'm sure, love to talk with you about uh, about what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ.